0: Welcome to Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley, and with me is Derek Specht. Hello, what's happening, Derek? Not much, man. I'm uh, I am enjoying this uh, this nice fresh beer. Should we say what it is? Oh, we should. somebody's going to get mad. <laughs> somebody's going to be angry. <laughs> I don't even know if he listens to the podcast. He's going to be angry. <laughs> He's going to be upset. <laughs> Tonight, we are praying. We are drinking. And paying tribute to Letter Kenny.
1: Yes, we are. We are
0: drinking Popper's Golden Lager. Proud, golden, loyal. So, we forgot to buy beer. Well, it's not just that. Well, it's not just that. Well, we, but we didn't buy beer. Yeah. And these beers have been sitting there for John Van Berger since July. Yeah. So, they're getting well, they're on an on age. Long in a tooth. Yeah. And every time I open the, the fridge, I, I hear them. Drink me,
1: <laughs> drink
0: me. So, with luck, they'll uh, put out another one.
1: But th- like these things, like these beers, beer, modern beers don't have a long shelf life. I'm they not recommend seeing
0: John till like March or something at the earliest. At the earliest, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. so if he, if he makes it to uh, 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 the uh, Quiet Adventure Symposium, yep. Yep. Quiet Adventure Symp- yeah, Quiet Adventures or Canoe Copia. yeah, 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 we'll see, but snagging some yeah. more and. Yeah, some fresh ones. Some fresher ones. So
1: in the meantime, we are currently drinking John Van Berger's beer.
0: Thanks, John. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? It actually still tastes exactly like it, the last ones yeah. I had. Yeah, it's a nice beer. Which I think were John's too. <laughs> this is the second batch of John's beer we bought and are drinking over the case of the the last year. On the back of it is people, persons, peasants, pheasants. We proudly present
1: the perfect. Palette pleaser for pals parched proper puppers people be piling up to partake so pitter patter partner puppers perfect Peter patter let's get at her <laughs> john this is a good beer you uh, you would enjoy this <sighs> now i'll have to send him a picture because i doubt that he'll uh, cheers buddy cheers
0: why one to john <laughs> thanks john So, Very good. we're going to have a bit of a theme here for the first bit of the show. Yes. All about dogs. hmm So, the first part, some poppers beer. Yeah. Some delicious stories, some, mm. some happy
1: stories, and some sad stories. Yeah. We're going to cover all of the gamuts. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All the emotions will be covered tonight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, before we get into it, snow. We had our first. Oh yes, big snowy snow. I tested out my
1: new uh, snowblower. There Did wasn't really? enough snow to use it, but I used it anyways. I could have <laughs> just. I, I I thought, no, you know what? I got to see how that thing works out. So I uh, I uh, snowblowed the backyard.
0: <laughs> and I was thinking, you know what? There's not enough snow, but I want to test it out. Mm-hmm. And everybody's going to drive by watching me. <laughs> Snow blow that three well, inches they- of snow, and they'll be looking, going, Loser. That's, that's why I didn't bring up my note to the front yard. I did the backyard. <laughs> <laughs> so I just got the shovel out and shoveled it, thinking. I bet you that snowblower is just sitting there going, Use me. But wait, you bought me. What about me? (laughs) Am I doomed to sit in your garage all winter long? Yeah, Yeah, no, I just used used a snow shovel Mm -hmm. for that little bit of snow. I didn't want to waste gas. I was limiting my carbon footprint, Derek. Mine is electric. Mine's battery powered. And do we need to get in this big controversy about, well, how do they get all that stuff nuclear to make that? Nuclear be- power. Nuclear power. <laughs> I got a nuclear power. I do all we, the driveways in my neighborhood. We,
1: we, it's it, So, Ontario is the majority of power in Ontario, like the vast majority, is either hydroelectric or nuclear. So, Bruce Power, Pickering Nuclear, and Darlington Nuclear. So, I was not... We, well, we're carbon... Th- there's no more coal being burned in Ontario.
0: And but, but.
1: peaking power is natural gas, but that's rarely used. Although they're
0: being used right now. There's a... Should we talk about the battery inside your electric... Uh, oh, no, that's not... It wasn't, it wasn't cordless. No, it was battery. It, it was battery. Yeah. So that's the manufacturing process. That
1: is murdering the planet. See? See? <laughs> see? But they were already made. I didn't make them when I tried it out. They were already made. The damage is done.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and there's Derek sleeping good at night. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> there's going to be a ha ha. <laughs> Well, at least I won't uh, die of a heart attack this winter. Uh, I've got a snowblower yet. Now. <laughs> <laughs> Could still happen. <laughs> trying to lift your snowblower. <laughs> no, I. I, I'm wait, I mean, realistically, the only reason I got the snowblower is, uh, as I mentioned before, was when I'm coming home after work and there's that big mound of snow at the end of the driveway. Oh, for the snowblower. The last oh, thing yeah. I want to do is shovel that. Yeah. So that yeah, our snowblower will just eat through that like butter. Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh I yeah. I don't know that mine would. I'll have to find
0: out. But, well, it depends. If it starts freezing well, up, nothing gets through that. If you have a problem and yours doesn't go through, just give me a call and <laughs> okay. I'll laugh at you okay, as good. I'm running it down my driveway. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to see what kind of torque
1: this thing has. The, the, the big question will be when it, uh, even wet snow, like, and I'll, I'm sure you'll have issues too. Like if it's- oh, it clogs.
0: Oh, mine comes with a declogger.
1: You don't use your foot?
0: No, nor <laughs> my hand, apparently. Yeah,
1: there's a little black spatula.
0: Yeah, that's, that clips right on the top yeah, of the, yeah. the, the 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 thing You're there. supposed to still have it turned off,
1: but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Coward. <laughs> Grind. <Grindles>. Oops. <laughs> What's that? Uh, what happened to this don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the spatula? <laughs> I Give me the shovel. The tip snapped off and the rest of it went flying down the street. Yeah. Hey, how'd that get in the
0: neighbor's car? Yeah. <laughs> Oh <laughs> the fun we're going to have. Remember, at Paddling Adventures Radio, safety third. Safety third. Safety third baby. Yeah. Uh yeah, no um yeah, I I get paranoid. You know what? Like I shouldn't say paranoid, it's over over safe. Okay. Because I think of all the things that can happen and I go to my way to make sure it doesn't happen.
1: But that's also your job at work. So you've been trained. You've been training yourself to be safer because you're the safety guy at work. Yeah. And the
0: health and safety guy at work. Mm -hmm. But like even with the lawnmower, like if I have to check something on it, I turn it off. I unplug the spark plug. Oh. Like anything I can do so that there is no way to turn that engine on. Right. Sort of deal. (laughs) Um, I'll, I'll put it up on blocks yeah, today, you know, so there's no chance. So I've got two hands to yeah. do whatever I need to do. Not, you know, hold it with one hand and try to work with <laughs> the other, and that sort of thing. And <laughs> good
1: times. The, my old lawnmower, like from probably about five years ago, it was on its last legs. The only thing that still worked was the engine, because the the cord I had to wind it on every time to pull start it and and to turn it off. The, the bail on the handle never worked, right? So mm-hmm. it just kept running. So the only way I could turn it, the first time it happened, it was like, it won't turn off. So, so I got in there and, and tried to yank free the uh, the wire for the spark plug, and it's like, whoa, that's powerful. <laughs> I got a shock from it. So then I, I got a stick and pried it off, and, and from then on until I bought a new one, I, I tied a, a piece of cord to the spark plug wire, and I would just stand back and yank it off. <laughs> Safety
0: third. Safety third. How are we still alive to do
1: this show? I tell you, spark plugs, they kick. Kick like a mule. So we were
0: in North Bay. I would have been 13, maybe. Yeah. 13 or 14. And my mom worked in the mall and her car died one night. It was a snowstorm. Okay. Okay. Everything was cold. Everything was icy. And yet that's, you used to plug your, there used to be uh, the plugins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you plug your car in, right? For your block heater while you were in the, in the mall. And then you go out, you unplug it and go home. Wouldn't start. So my dad first thing, well, we got to check the spark plugs. So he takes off the spark plug cap, takes a screwdriver, puts it in. And he says, now hold it here, but don't touch the engine and don't touch the spark, the, the screwdriver. So he because was, when he
1: starts it, he'll see there's a spark. He wanted to see sparks between the screwdriver and, and the, the engine, engine block.
0: block. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Jesus. And he asked me to do it. Here, you <laughs> hold, hold this. Hold this. If anybody's (laughs) going to be able to take that electric shock, it's the young boy.
1: (laughs) Dad, why don't you hold it and I'll turn the key. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So I get my safety third from a long line of guys who's never died doing stupid stuff. (laughs) I can just remember getting this crap scared out of me because all of a sudden, this great big shot of electricity. You didn't get shocked? You saw it? Well, I didn't get shot. It just scared the crap out of me, right? But he says, "Yeah, that's 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 the easiest way to check. Make sure you're getting a spark to that, yeah. because that way you can eliminate the spark plug from being the problem." Why don't you just call a tow truck, Dad? Just call a tow truck. <laughs> hey, we're going to Canadian Tire uh, Saturday morning to do get a couple parts for the car. Are you coming? Hmm. Yeah, no, no, no. Nah, sorry, <laughs> I got cartoons to watch and cereal to eat. <laughs>
1: Back in the day when I was in the Navy on board ship, we had one of the sparkies, one of the electricians. He uh, he he had a habit of uh, testing for for if a circuit was live and he had this one screwdriver and you could see all up and down the shaft of the screwdriver. <laughs> it was like just all these melt holes all down the metal because he would just touch the two poles or whatever he was testing. It's like, man, do you have a meter? I, I can't find it. <laughs> like, fly. It's like, sparks flies, Like, yeah, that's live. I <laughs> oh that, yeah. Why are you doing that? But yeah, he had this screwdriver that was just had all these melt holes on it. Awesome. It's like, <laughs>
0: you're a professional, right? <laughs> no, but I played one on the ship here. Oh, by the way, don't use that urinal, <laughs> <laughs> it'll tag you every time. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Uh we're only a couple weeks away from Christmas. Oh, it's close. Less than 2 less than 2 weeks. Two episodes, yeah. tonight's episode, next week's episode, yeah. and then it's Christmas. Christmas, Christmas, <laughs> time <laughs> is here. Time for cheer, time for beer. Okay. Isn't that how it goes? I think so. <laughs> it is now. It was one
1: of this, like, it, you often sing while we before we record, and uh, I, I was nervous there because I thought, oh, the stuff that Sean sings is not usually nice. I haven't had have enough beer to go that far yet. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah. Where is this going? Starts, <laughs> me starts singing and there's a giant bee. So it's yeah, like it's one of those flat ones. Somebody flatline. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it, so we're going to talk about um, Christmas coming. Yep. Uh, but got myself a new present on the weekend. Ah, uh, yes. I got a present. A gift that keeps on giving. Yes. I Googled... For pictures of okay. what this early Christmas present to Sean, yeah. also the family, uh, is going to look like, and I googled the or came up with the word Gerberian Shepsky, <laughs> German Shepherd Siberian Husky mix. There you go. So I've been looking for a dog for the last couple of years and finally got one. It's a German Shepherd Siberian Husky mix, and apparently they do mix these as one of those designer dogs. Yeah, and they call it a Gerberian 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 Shepsky. Hmm. So mixing Siberian and German yeah. Shepherd, right? Yeah, now. whatever. Hunter, my last dog was a Catahoula Leopard Dog mixed with a Weimaraner, which was also a designer dog, mm-hmm. and they called it a Catamaner. Catamaner. I go to the pound and I pick up Designer Dogs Dirt Cheap. There you go. It's it's like going to the thrift store and finding a Dolce Gabbana. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Athena is four months old. She's already nearly 40 pounds. Mm -hmm. Uh, She's going to be a big girl. She's all ears and feet. Yeah, well, I
1: was surprised. Like, I saw the pictures, but then in person when I arrived tonight, it's like, wow,
0: those are big ears. You can see them from space. Yeah. So she's,
1: <laughs> she's going to be a big dog. Mm-hmm. And I always think to myself, I, 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 I it's my first reaction is, uh, ooh, big dog, big
0: poops. Yep. But you know what? That's a good thing. Is it? Because when you're walking around the backyard having to scoop the poop, you can see it. You can see it from space. Yes, yes. You know, I, I, I wouldn't want one of those little Shih Tzus or purse dogs. Because no, you, I wouldn't you need, need like a metal detector to find it. Feed, <laughs> feed it BB so you can find where their poo is in the lawn. My daughter's been asking for dogs for
1: a while. And, and so me and Siobhan keep joking back and forth about what would we get. And, and then when you got yours, it's like, see, we really should get a dog sometime soon, but I'm just not ready for it. But we keep joking about getting one of those really ugly bald chihuahua, hairless chihuahua things. Oh. Yeah, no. yeah, no. It looks like a demon. Looks like a gremlin.
0: They have those what are they, Zotol dogs? like that from Mexico? The Mexican hairless? Yeah. But they look, they look like something that's come up from the depths, <laughs> let me tell you. They are an absolutely beautiful dog. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're small. Yeah, like you're thinking, man. Because I've seen pictures, and that dog looks massive. Like it's gonna rip your throat out. <laughs> and then you look at it, and he's he's like a foot and a half tall. Yeah. Oh, come on, <laughs> <laughs> it's the yeah. size of a poodle. <laughs> so yeah, um, went to the pal You know, I've I've been I've talked about it before. I I know I did a rant about the rescues asking all these questions that are how much money do you make a year and mm-hmm. do you own your house and you know okay fine yeah we we, we got our own house we're not in an apartment and stuff like that but what does my yearly salary have to do with yeah. giving me a dog Yeah, and then the Great Dane rescue saying well you don't have experience with Great Danes Oh yeah, yeah! I didn't have experience with a catamaran. A cataminer. I didn't have experience yeah. with a Australian Shepherd. When I had uh, my she- first kid.
1: I didn't have experience with kids. Yeah.
0: <laughs> At your, yeah. you know, your mentality there, um, I'll never have a dog. So I, I got fed up with spending forty minutes and then being turned down for stupid things like, oh yeah, you know, um, you don't have that kind of experience with that dog. And I've been keeping my eye on the the Humane Society in Toronto here. Yeah. And there's there's four of them, so it's it's Toronto Animal Services, and there's the one in the east, one in the north, one in the west, and one in the in downtown Toronto there, um, and they they have anywhere between eight and twelve dogs on all the time, and a lot of them are about two to three years old right now because they're COVID dogs. Mm-hmm. People pass them in yep, yep. sort of thing, yeah. right? Uh, but every so often I'll check and see if there's anything because we wanted puppies that will you don't want a, a, a older dog that you find out doesn't like cats. Yeah. You know, because the older yeah. dogs don't get, uh, are, are harder to train with that sort of thing and get them used to the cats. So we wanted a puppy that would right off the get-go, there's cats, you're going to you're gonna be brought up yeah. and grow up with cats mm-hmm. sort of thing. And yeah, uh, Saturday morning I was doing some work, uh, nine o'clock in the morning I went on and said, oh, let's see if there's any dogs there and they put up the picture of Athena. And I called up and... Between seeing her picture and throwing an application in was like 20 minutes. And by one, just after one Saturday afternoon, so this is only a few hours later, mm-hmm. they called and said, you want to come for a meet and greet? Mm-hmm. That was quick. I didn't tell Tracy. <laughs> oh, really? She was working at the college because um, <laughs> as a nurse, she works. So she discovered it when she got home? No, because Arianna needed her car. So Arianna dropped her off at the college in the mm-hmm. morning and I said I would pick her up. So when I went there, and she came out to the truck and opened the door, there dog. was this puppy sitting there. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> uh, she's going to be big. She, uh, they say probably about eighty pounds. Mm-hmm. You know, they guess guesstimate. Yeah, you know. Uh, with my luck, it'll be like King Shepherd King Shepherd yeah. mix. So it's going to be closer to a, a buck twenty. Yeah. <laughs> First off. A big dog yeah. means when you're solo paddling, you got ballast, ballast at the front. Yeah. Right? It's perfect.
1: Perfect dog. So one thing that grabbed me was uh, when you were telling me when I first got here, because I thought, you know, I, I saw you post on the weekend about the new dog and stuff like that. And Athena, it's like, oh, he's following the theme. And yes. Because you, you, what were
0: your cats' names? The cats, my daughter named the cats Helios. Mm-hmm. And Apollo, mm-hmm. which are both Greek, Greek sun God. gods, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then Athena. However, she came with she that came name. with that name, so it was just meant to be that I yeah. had to had to get the. Kisney. And I wasn't going to tell Ariana; mm-hmm. I was just going to surprise her as well. But she came downstairs when I was in the middle of doing the oh uh, the the application. And I said, yeah. "And I said, here, you got to check this out." <laughs> and she goes, "That's the name." I go, "Yep." <laughs> well then, yeah, keep. You've got to get her then. There, there's no, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It it's was predestined because Hunter. We got Hunter from the same pound. Mm-hmm. His name was Ajax. Okay, Ajax is a fine name for a dog if you don't live in Ajax. In Ajax. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, yeah. so we changed it to Hunter because apparently, um, according to Tracy, Booger is not a good name for a dog. <laughs> yeah, that well, was revenge of the nerds. It was a yeah. good a good name. Uh, So, no, she came with Athena as the name. Mm -hmm. Um, She's breaking out of her shell a bit more today. Uh, She's learned a new new pack. She's learned. Yeah, she's getting closer. The cats and her are getting closer. Mm -hmm. There's not all that much hissing anymore. (laughs)
1: Less hissing. There's less hissing.
0: (laughs) Apollo is the one that keeps coming up and being all... You, you know you see the black cat with the curved yeah back. the back it's yeah. like it's on his tippy yeah. toes and his something tail bads is, happening here <laughs> that that is Apollo to at yeah Helios is just like, yeah, I want nothing to do with this. I'll be over there <laughs> <laughs> and he hangs out way over yeah. sort of thing um uh, she's getting she's oh she's gonna be smart, I'll tell you because right now we do the we we've always hung bells on our door mm-hmm. so our last well our last two dogs this will be the third. We taught them, ring the door, that ring the bells yep. if you need to go out. Mm-hmm. So that every time you hear the bell ring, you know the dog needs to go yeah. out. So anywhere you are in the house, you hear it. Ring, ring. Run upstairs because yeah. the dog needs out, right? And now they sell bells like that in the stores mm-hmm. as a, hey, get your dog to, dude. Been doing that for years. Ah, apparently I missed out on a on a great idea. Yeah. So even now already, she's gone and hit the bell a couple of times and she goes to the door and she taps the door. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's, I think caught on that there's two doors on a sliding glass door Oh, because twice I open the first one and bang, she slams <laughs> into the second one thinking, oops, <laughs> doors open. Here I go. Uh, yeah, no, you know what? She's, she's, she's starting to fit in and she's a puppy. She's four, four months old. Mm-hmm. Right? So she's got to figure out things and lots of new smells and, yeah. um, a bit wary of strangers. Mm hmm. Uh, not as wary as of oncoming dogs. No. We passed dogs on the street and she's like, oh, well, that's hello. good. Which is fine. The last thing you need is some kind of interaction every time you go she out. She got attacked at the pound. Oh, okay. So that was one of our, uh, Concerns. Yeah, one of our yeah. concerns. Another. I guess they were testing to see if how she got along with other dogs and the other dog apparently failed. Uh, bit her on the face. Yeah. Didn't puncture or anything, but, you know, I figured that'd be traumatizing for, mm-hmm. for the dog. But nope, she seems to be fine. But people... That she doesn't know she seems to cower Mm -hmm. away from. So we'll get her used to people and and stuff like that. Did they have a story about how they got her and where she came from? Through no fault of her own, Athena has come to us at four months of age. Mm -hmm. That's all we got. That's all you know. Yep. She was surrendered through no fault of her own. Mm -hmm. So usually somebody ends up with a dog that they shouldn't have got or didn't want. Or... Somebody somebody showed up at home and says, "Look, we have a dog now." And the other person says, "No, no we, we don't. don't." Or, "Oh, allergies."
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. So,
0: anyway, doesn't matter. Or maybe I somebody had a, a litter. Maybe
1: yeah. somebody had a litter and says, oh, "I can't keep five dogs.
0: I can only keep four. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know what? Like, you're looking at these these um, these rescues. Well, the dog's a thousand dollars because we've rescued it from Turkey. Oh yeah, yeah. And I'm like, no. I don't need a foreign dog. No, I don't need a. I don't need. Yeah, because he's not going to understand me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't speak Turkish. We, uh, we already we already have a foreign correspondent that's not working out <laughs> so well. <laughs> so we're drinking his beer. Um, no, so yeah, uh, you know, and it's like a thousand dollars, and then I've got to get all his shots, and I've got to get it fixed, and I've got to get it microchipped, and da, 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 da. Mm. so you're, you know, 1600 $1, bucks at the end of the day. Mm. Yeah. 250 bucks. Yeah. I get a dog that's four months old. First set of shots, because I don't think she gets her, her... She's still too young for her second shot set. Yeah. Fixed, microchipped. So how old when she gets fixed? Uh, I think it was recent.
1: Oh, she's already been fixed. She's already been fixed. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. So, I thought they
0: had to be a bit older. I thought it was six months, mm-hmm. but I think maybe just, they just do it at like four months so that, you know, yeah. it's done sort of thing or something, so... Yeah. I didn't think they'd do them. Anyway, so yeah. for 250 bucks, I, I got myself a dog that's already got all that. And yeah. I like the microchip. That it was one of the first things I asked mm-hmm. was the, the, the chip. So that, you know, if she gets out, then they can go to the yeah. to the pound or vet or something and they can read it. And I've already went online and registered the, the chip with my name and address. And oh, stuff. okay. Yeah, yeah. And funny thing is, it's the same company Hunter had his chip with. Okay. And I sent them a message saying, hey, you know, like. Hunter's yeah. passed away. Like, mm-hmm. Apparently not. Apparently he's 16 now. <laughs> <laughs> he's out there. <laughs> he's out there somewhere. Yeah. So anyway, um, so what makes a good canoe dog? Um, listens well. Yep. Comfortable in the canoe, even in rough water. Mm-hmm. Likes camping and being outdoors. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know Hunter, he didn't like to be out in the rain. Uh, so it can handle rain. Yeah. Uh, doesn't mind carrying a small dog pack with their food. <laughs> that's optional, but that's, you know, yeah. You know, if you're going on a small trip, because Mike Burns' dog, Willow, yeah, carries, carries her own food, her own food, yeah, yeah,
1: not always. Mike's a big suck, so he often carries her stuff for her.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? If it's a, if it's lightweight or something, yeah, like yeah, it, just yeah, throw it on and
1: yeah, off he goes exactly. So and and it works out well. Like like he 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 does everything just perfect for for his little baby and and so like uh, Willow has her own life jacket. She got mm-hmm. a new one this year, uh, her own backpack w- that carries all her food and stuff. And it's a nice rig. So the the backpack has a handle so you can lift her in and out or if you have to grab her out of the water if needed or whatever. So it's – uh, and, and the jacket it will keep her warm too if it's cold out.
0: Yeah, I like the life jacket. We mm-hmm. have one – well, Hunter had very fine, short hair. Yeah, okay, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like the Weimaraner, you think of a that yeah. it looks like he's got yeah. silver skin sort yeah. of thing, right? Yeah. Uh, and when you look like the hair is maybe quarter inch a, or less. Uh, yeah. Quarter inch long. Mm-hmm. So if it was rain, she got coldies. Yeah. Right. But we had the life jacket for her and yeah, it had the handle. So she went over, you grabbed that handle and I mean, yep. she was 80 pounds, but <laughs> you got, you, you got a handle to yeah. haul her back into the boat sort mm-hmm. of thing. Right. Um, and yeah. And if she was, if it rained or whatever, at least that kept most of her body dry, mm-hmm. you know, as, as a, as a jacket sort of thing. Uh teaching her the basic commands, sit, stay, come, lay down. Uh instant recall in the backcountry is probably, in my opinion, one of the most important. It is. It commands. is.
1: Absolutely. And my old dogs, I had two beagles and there was no return. Yeah. There was a very weak return spring on those dogs.
0: <laughs> yeah. See, Hunter would run mm-hmm. through the woods. Yeah. And if you're walking down a trail, all of a sudden you see out from the side of the woods, across the trail, and into the woods on the other side. <laughs> it's like <laughs> what just <right>? happened, <laughs> and then and then he he just he be he'd be close to you, so he could hear you talking. Yeah, and then you would say like, you know, come back, and then boom, out of nowhere, there mm-hmm. he is on the trail, right right in front of you. That's good, right? So, but yeah, especially if you know you're on a portage, which usually on portages in our history, we've always had the dog on mm-hmm. a leash. Yeah. Uh, but if you're at camp or something and something's going through the woods, you want to make sure they come right to you yes. and they don't go exploring oh yeah. look there's a moose over here. Come mm-hmm. and check it out everybody yeah right or or a bear will will follow the dog back to camp mm-hmm. that sort of thing. So instant recall, in my opinion, is one of if not the most important. Uh, I'm gonna start getting her uh, training her with the in and out of the canoe. Yeah. On land mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know doing the pre-trip training is is always it's good necessary yeah, yeah. i think mike started doing that too with with willow yeah but he's got the back pond yeah so. he's got an advantage he's got the pond back there yeah, and cheater mm-hmm. um i wonder if i can get a pond in my yard <laughs> there you tracy might not like that <laughs>
1: <laughs> i can get a big rubber pond liner if you want it from my old house mm. it was i was supposed to reline my old oh. pond and i just my never used it got a
0: pool Oh, there you go. James, mind if I use your pool for some dog (laughs) training? (laughs) Oh, did I not mention the canoe? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Uh, When out on the water, you have to make sure that you and the dog are both comfortable and safe in the boat. Some things to think of while paddling with your dog. Snacks and toys to chew when they get bored. Mm -hmm. Now, see, I have the thing is doing some research about these are German Shepherds and Siberian Huskies are work dogs. Yes. So you've got to keep them active. Active and their minds going. And, and, and physically, yeah. Yeah, you can't let them get bored. Uh, and you don't want them all of a sudden making a chew toy out of your gunnels. <laughs> Where, where'd that built in uh, yoke go? Well, <laughs> it's a long story. But that's the last time this dog goes, canoeing. <laughs> this yoke is very uncomfortable on my shoulders. Why is it so rough? Yeah. Uh, dog chew. Dog chews. Uh, a towel. To dry them off, now some people use a towel to lay on the bottom. They can they can lay on it, mm-hmm. uh, but to dry them off after rain or swimming, um, before they get in a new tent, you don't want them in your tent yeah. soaking wet. Uh, and especially if you got a dog with short hair, you want to give it a towel dry so it's not going to get cold. Mm-hmm. You know, even a short, a, a, a small chill. I mean, you know yourself. Once you get that chill in your bones, it's hard yeah. to get, get rid of. Sort of thing. Dog-friendly sunscreen for their nose. And this is a big one people don't think never, of a I lot. I never would have thought about that. There's a lot of it. Because you think, oh, he's covered in hair. Dogs get sunburned. They get heat stroke. And they? all, that. Yeah, yeah. Especially their their bare, like their nose and stuff like that. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, you got to watch out for that. Um, dip them in, in the they're water. they're going to lick away. it off if you put sunscreen around their nose. No, you rub it in. Hmm. That saliva is really good at removing stuff like that. How do you know? So that's what dogs are built for. It's their design. Lick, licking the sunscreen off your nose, Derek. <laughs> something you're not telling us. <laughs> I got a sunscreen on my nose. Come here, doggy. Uh, tips while paddling with your dog: Watch the weather. And this I never thought of. This. If your dog has a fear of thunder, oh. you better get off that water. So yeah, because when that's... we hear thunder or see lightning in the mm-hmm. in the distance, okay, we got a little bit. But with a dog. If they get f- afraid of thunder, mm-hmm. when well, they start hearing... You don't have a little bit as, as much as you would without the dog. Yeah. Because they're going to start getting spooked every time they hear that thunder. Because mm-hmm. they know what that is. Yeah. That noise is. So you got to think, think of that. Don't forget pee breaks in time to stretch the legs. Because mm-hmm. they may need to pee when you don't. And more often than you do, <laughs> yeah. if you're anything like my yeah. old dogs. Do not tie your dog to the boat while on the water. Yes. This is dangerous if they jump out or you capsize. Mm -hmm. Watch your dog does not overheat on hot, sunny days. Take breaks in the shade. Uh, On colder days, take breaks and let your dog run around on shore to warm up. Oh, yeah. Right? Watch out for wildlife. Getting too close to ducks and other water birds may be tempting your dog to jump out and give chase. Mm -hmm. Hunter used to like to try to follow... The ducks. Oh yeah, yes. Uh, We came close to ducks one point. Well, they came close to us, and she thought, "Oh, look, ducks! (laughs) I want to play with them. I want to play with them and try to grab one to bring it into the canoe." Missed. (laughs) Remember that your dog does not understand physics and probably doesn't mind getting wet, so tipping the boat may not actually be a big deal to your paddling partner. Make sure you tie down items you don't want sinking to the bottom of the lake in case that happens. Doggo also does not understand replacement gear costs money. Yes,
1: nah, no, they wouldn't get that point.
0: Yeah, so um, just some tips for when you're out paddling. <laughs> yes. And it's funny because there's things we're doing around here that we haven't done in three years. <laughs> that all of a sudden is just like, okay, doot, 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 doot. All of a sudden you find yourself... I haven't done this in three years and I'm automatically doing it because there's a dog in the house now. Yeah. You know, like we, they're on our laundry room, we put a, a hook, a longer hook. Yeah. So there's enough room for the cats to get in there to, to the boxes. But the dog can't get but in. But not enough room for the dog to get in. Yeah. And and yesterday, automatic, on goes the... Yeah. We haven't we haven't Reflexive. Put, yeah, we haven't put that that hook
1: on in three years. So what about cat food? Where is it? Because it usually is out in the middle of the kitchen. Now you have to put
0: it somewhere else. No. No. The dog doesn't take it? So our big thing was Athena's going to eat the cat food. hmm Well, Athena likes drinking out of those tiny little bowls. Yeah. Sort of like a shot glass. Yeah. Apollo, the chonky cat, <laughs> he goes over and starts eating out of... Athena's bowl. Ah. And Helios likes drinking out of Athena's bowl. <laughs> so the cats are going after the dog food and yeah. water. What? <laughs> Wait a minute. So, so far we know that uh, from what we see, Apollo's definitely going to rule the roost. Yeah. Right? Uh, we had Quasimodo last time. He ruled the roost. Yeah. Nikki was, Nikki, our cat was the bottom of the yeah. the totem pole and Hunter was the middle. Mm-hmm. But I think this time Athena and Helios are going to be sort of yeah. the same. Yeah. And if she keeps going the way I think she's going to go, the two of them are going to be like a couple of crackheads and destroy this house. <laughs> They're like, I, I can see the two of them just having an absolute blast together. Yeah. Right. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But, but no, come next. Uh, I, I might even see if, cause. Like I say, down by the, the, in Lake Ontario at the mouth of the Duffins and stuff, Mm -hmm. it's still not frozen over. Yeah. And if we get a nice glass day in the winter, Mm -hmm. I might even go down and see if I can get a little bit of a head start on getting her to like the boat Mm -hmm. before she's too big. Yeah. Right? Because come spring, she's going to be huge.
1: Yeah. At least if she might have some, some uh, muscle memory of being in a boat and and it won't be so strange in the spring when she's like, you know, four months older.
0: Yeah. And you, you know. Trying to get her used to the wobbly stuff yeah, and yeah, yeah. whatnot. So so yeah. Um got ourselves a new dog. Mm-hmm. Woohoo. Nice dog. Yeah. Uh we did I did post pictures on our uh, Facebook page, Paddling Adventures yep. Radio. Yeah, I saw Facebook them. page. Um I don't think I post did I post the picture there, the, the video?
1: No, yes. I don't think I posted the
0: I po- think I did that on my personal page. Yeah. Of the deer. Yes, yes. So we went out for I a while. saw it somewhere. We went out for a walk uh, the other night and... Um, somebody's Christmas decoration. Somebody's Christmas reindeer yeah. lit up. Yeah. And she stopped and started chuffing at it. Yeah. And then Derek had the distinct pleasure of being the first one she barked at. <laughs> <laughs> We've not heard her bark till you yeah. showed up tonight. Yeah. And she barked at you. Yeah, because I yawned. Yeah. And she
1: saw it was weird to her or something. It kind of freaked her out. I, just, I yawned and made a noise and she... she did a little, huh, and then and then made a b- little tiny bark. Yeah,
0: yeah, a little tiny bark. <laughs> Just wait to uh, see that in next spring. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my that's my news for the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, on a sadder, much sadder note, but still uh, on yes. on on the dog topic. Spitzy, Mike Ranta's dog, unfortunately mm-hmm. passed away the other day. Uh, Spitsy paddled across Canada with Mike multiple times, paddled with Mike up to the Arctic ocean, been on more rivers and lakes than you can count. Shared so many adventures with Mike that, you know, it's hard to lose a fa- family member and a good friend like that. Yes. Uh, feel sorry for Mike right now. And, you know, she tended to get more attention at places like the Toronto Outdoors Adventure yeah, Show and stuff. As they than, do, as dogs do. Mike did, yeah. yeah. got more attention than Mike. Uh, he will be missed, Mm -hmm. you know, and I, I'm Mike, Mike's taking some time off of uh, social media and all that sort of stuff. And like I say, when you, when you're with a a dog 24 seven, you know, and you're doing these month long adventures Mm -hmm. and that's your paddling partner, the one you're talking with all the time and becomes a part of you, it really does. So, uh, sorry to hear it, Mike. Um, you know, we're thinking about you. Uh, Christmas is coming. Less, like we say, less than two weeks away. Um, any paddling or camping gear you're looking for? I'm not. Like, when I, when
1: I was talking to you about this earlier, or emailing you about it, it was like, "Ah, I'm just, I'm, I'm so into winter right now that I'm not even thinking about paddling. So there's nothing, and there's
0: nothing, well, the only thing I need is a new canoe, but, uh... (laughs) See, and that's the thing I run into all the time. Do you need something for camping or canoe can tripping? you get me a yeah. three thirty dollars canoe? Yeah. And I, I, I just look at people and say, no, I don't. Uh, you know, I I got my eye on this pair of yeah. uh, gloves I need, but they're, you know, like $400 yeah, or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, Oh, I can get you gloves. No, don't. <laughs> no, no, here, no, no, no. Here, no, 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 I got you these. Merry Christmas. Oh, they're $20 gloves. These yeah. are not going to cut it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so... Uh, I'm actually asking for two things this year. Socks? Not socks. If anybody gives me socks, <laughs> I will shove them so far up there. <laughs> oh, my God. I get socks every year. I got piles of socks upstairs that are going into a bag and being given out to the homeless. <laughs> because I've I've not had to wear them. I've got so many. Like oh, they're heavy, still brand so- new. Yeah. They've well, not good. been opened. That's good. Yeah. That's perfect. Unlike the underwear I'm giving them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't need socks. But uh, I came across, uh, I've asked for this um, little mat. It's red plaid, red and black plaid mm-hmm. mat. And it's big enough that I can put it down when I'm changing in and out of my dry suit. Oh, Right? Yeah. So you stand on it. Mm Because that's what they say. Get something to stand on. Yeah. So you're not poking holes. Not poking holes. Not standing in mud, dirty grass, whatever. So I've asked for one of those. They're only like 20 bucks or whatever. Yeah. But the other thing I've asked for is a foraging bag. What's a foraging bag? It's this little folded up bag leather bag that yeah. fits on your belt. Oh, I've seen those. And then you undo the snap. It flips, over and it and flips open. And it flips open into a bag. Throw blueberries, so stuff blueberries in So blueberries or nuts yeah. or, you know, if you're out mushrooms getting mushrooms yeah. sort of thing. Or you're I'm walking a dog, the dog poop Dog poop, dog go in poops, there. you put the poop bag in there and then you put the blueberries on top. <laughs> and, uh. <laughs> um, no, but, you know, and I'm always, oh, look at these cool rocks, you know, like there's. Oh, yes, yeah. You know, when you're when you're yeah. walking along a trail or something along the the, the, the the lake or something you're mm-hmm. finding all these really cool crystals or yeah. um beach glass and all that. you come home and your pockets are just filled <laughs> right well this thing here then you got this bag on the side you that you yeah. can just flip open and throw crap in that's brilliant that's a good yeah. idea i saw one of them so hmm. i'm thinking oh that'd be pretty awesome mm-hmm. those are the only and i never ask for anything except gift cards and and what yeah. and you've got to watch out for gift cards now yes this is so, yeah, Ooh. I I I
1: saw this recently and uh <clears throat> so gift cards like you know there's always the you know hey uh you whatever people are trying to scam you and yeah this is the uh you know Taxation Canada you're 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 behind in your taxes we need you to go buy $500 in Apple gift cards. What? Canada. Okay, government Canada, of Canada. Canada, Canada <laughs> remember she does that. But this here, this here is something different and it's one of those things. unless you know about it, it's like I didn't know that was possible. There's two different scams going on. Two different scams. So one of the scams is... Uh, so if you are in Shopper's Drug Mart, you're in a grocery store, you're in Walmart, and you can see that whole rack. So they'll have like... Uh, and depending on where you are, like I was at Shopper's the other day, and you can see there was like uh, Canadian Tire sh- gift cards, there's LCBO gift cards, whatever you want to buy. Xbox and none the of them None of them are loaded yet. Yep. No money's been put on them. They're just sitting there. But if you look at them, you can see... It's like, oh, you have to scratch off the secret code so that you can register it or you can... When you shop online, it says, punch in this code or it it, it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. So I thought, oh, that's secure. But apparently, when you do self-checkout, you don't need the code. That code is for online shopping. So with... You could... You don't have to scratch that code. You take the gift card. You... Charge it. You load it with money, and then you could take that gift card and you scan it at the self checkout, and it takes off the money just by scanning the the barcode. Right. So that all you have to do is take a photo of the barcode. Now, I'm probably, hopefully, I'm not teaching any future criminals here, but this is for people's warning. <laughs> okay, if you're a future criminal, close your ears yeah, now. Stop listening right stop now. Stop listening right now. <laughs> so. So what what they've been finding is that people are uh, well. The story came up. The dude in the story he he bought some discounted gift cards at Walmart and he held them up, did a selfie. Woohoo! I've got my uh, you know my Walmart gift cards. But he didn't think much of it because the code was not scratched. Right. But the people took the photo of his cards, enlarged them, and used that picture on their phone and spent his money on his bucks. gift cards, 700 bucks. worth. Yeah. And so he had like 26 cents left on his gift card. And uh, he's like, how did this happen? So he said he did some sleuthing himself and then other people did it. And then CBC, I think, they tried mm-hmm. it themselves. They loaded five yeah. bucks on a gift card and, and they took a photo of it and used the f- screen of their phone and scanned it at the self-checkout at like Walmart or something and accepted the card. Yeah. You don't have to scratch the, the the special code that's under that little plastic layer, and it's like I didn't know that was a problem. And then in doing that, what they were also discovering was that somebody it you just have to buy the equipment, cost you three hundred bucks. You can make your own barcode, so you make a barcode that goes to your gift card, and you print out stickers and you go to like Winners or Walmart and you start putting all those barcodes on all the all the gift cards and every time somebody loads and if they scan that barcode at the cash for you to buy and charge money, put money onto that gift card and uh, so now everybody is using your barcode and putting money onto your LCBO card. And next thing you know, like there's 1500 bucks on your card because people are scanning your barcode that you stuck onto their card, not their Walmart card or exactly. Yeah. So what they're finding is what they're doing now is, is like places like Walmart and so on. They're aware of this. And so they know to look for it because you can feel that extra sticker on the surface. But if it's a new cashier, they won't know and they don't know that you're being scammed and they, so you, hey, I, I want you to. I'm, I'm buying gift cards for my family. So, here, I need uh, five cards, put a hundred bucks on each card. So, here you, go, you just put 500 bucks on somebody else's card. Yep. Yeah. So, it's something to be hyper aware of it. Look at your gift cards. Do not take pictures of the cards and say, look what I got for Christmas, because somebody can take that picture and use it as self checkout. And be careful that there's no stickers over top of the proper barcode. Somebody make sure somebody hasn't put a new barcode over the existing barcode
0: yeah and the one with the photos apparently they're saying they're these guys are going into the stores mm-hmm. and taking pictures of of all the barcodes of, of all the barcodes and then just keep trying them and then yeah they go and they just keep trying them for yeah, yeah. and then oh somebody put money on that one yeah, yeah exactly yeah it's what a scam i know what it's a like scam that's that's
1: uh and it's, it's just another evolution like like there's there's so many scams out there. You have to be careful. Like uh, a friend of mine at work, she had her uh, RAM pickup truck. She only bought it in jo- June or July, so it was brand new. And uh, so she they she has it on video. Her and her husband uploaded it to YouTube and put it on Facebook. These people just came in within two minutes of them parking across the street from their house. Came in with that the 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 whatever. Antenna that they pull out of a backpack and steal your code from your keys and jumped in the truck and drove away. There's criminals are just they're out there, right? So you have to be careful. And so our warning this year, as you prepare to buy friends, families, and loved ones gift cards, if that's what they choose that they want, then you have to be careful because uh there's a lot of scammers out there ready to take your money. So
0: I like cash. Yes. <laughs> so if you're insisting on buying me something for Christmas, yeah. <laughs> cash is boss.
1: Yeah. I mean, nobody can steal your is cash, cash from King? a photo. Yeah. 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 So it, I was I was shocked to see that. I had no idea this was a uh, a risk to uh, you know. Speak. I think this is a newer. It's thing. I, this it year. seems like it's a newer thing. Yeah. yeah. I hadn't heard about it before. Just the and latest and greatest. Somebody somewhere along the line discovered that hey, you just have to need you just need a picture of the barcode. And you go through a self-checkout, and you can scan. Well, you don't have to go through a self-checkout. You just go through any cashier, and they scan the code, mm-hmm. right? So you, you can make that cashier your accomplice. <laughs> <sighs> Sad times. It is. It is. So be careful out there with gift cards. That's right.
0: Um, you doing any winter camping this year? I am. Where are you going?
1: Well, we every year we, uh, we reserve a spot at Valens Lake, and uh, so we take the... Take the camper there, leave it there all winter. And uh, so it's stored nicely on a campsite. And uh, so we we haven't taken it there yet. I wish I had of because I don't want to drive it in the uh, the slush and salt. because that Well, you hits. better do it now.
0: I know, I know. Because once January hits. I know. It's always going to be salty and slushy.
1: So I've been thinking about that. We really got to get off our butts and get it up there. But, uh, yeah, we 1st uh, of December to end of March, we have a campsite.
0: It's already past the 1st of December. I know. I'm saying we they're should have done They're probably going to say, well, you know what? They're not coming. So, <laughs> no. Give it to somebody else. We've already
1: paid for it. <laughs> it's paid for. Oh, well, then they're sitting there going, ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! <laughs> Money in our pocket. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Money in my pocket goes jingle, jangle.
1: So, yeah. So, we're, we're doing that's what uh, Valens like. Plus, we're going we to, I want to try and get the kids out backcountry camping. Probably Algonquin because it's closer, but maybe Silent Lake. We're not sure yet, but we're gonna do an exploratory, maybe uh, s- just a single Saturday night and do some backcountry camping with the kids. And uh, we're gonna start with backyard camping. Just to, I have I have this new tent that I've never set up. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. You might want to try that. At yeah, all, yeah, yeah, or, yeah, yeah. So we're gonna try that out because we have a the, the backyard is huge so it's uh we're we're going to get out there and get
0: the campfire going and well we're heading to Algonquin to yes. Mew Lake over New Year's New Year's five nights yeah five days whatever uh, again over Family Day weekend but I'm also contemplating another trip a trip maybe back country uh not sure if Tracy's up for that or not I know she likes the whole social aspect when we go to Mew Lake yeah um I know she'd like to try the back country but I don't know how actually into that she would be. Well, if you didn't go too far. Yeah. And with a big tent like we've got, mm-hmm. that would be the only tent we'd need to take yeah. with about six people. Exactly. So if other people could carry your stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and I could just walk in and have it all set up for me and all ready to go.
1: So one location to think of is... uh you park at the visitor center in Algonquin Park, you go down into the uh that little valley in front of it. Yep. And just into the bushes on the other side. it's it's only about an hour and a half of uh, snowshoeing. So it's well, I was not even thinking harsh. out in the airfield. That too, yeah. Mm-hmm. There you go. And that's even easier because yeah. you're so yeah, you don't have to you just have to pay for backcountry reservation. So you have a park pass mm-hmm. and uh you park in the visitor parking at Mew Lake and just hoof it into
0: the uh, airfield. Yeah, I just got to find a spot that's big enough for our tent. Because it's not one of those little that, yeah. 10 by 10s right? Yeah,
1: so we we last couple of years, uh, when we've uh, done winter camping at Mu Lake, we've gone into the bush and said, okay, here's a spot, here's a spot. So every time we go, we walk through the airfield looking for little hidey holes in the trees off the beaten path mm-hmm. where it's like a little bit of a clearing. So we we know of a few places. There's a couple in the center part. There's a couple off to the uh, west side of, of the airfield. So we, we have our little spots picked out that we think might do. But, again, it's different summer winters. Like, we've walked it in the summer. It's like, looks like it'd be good, but we don't know
0: what it's going to look like in the winter. Exactly. Yeah. So, thing about that, getting a few people together and maybe uh, head out at some point. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, like I say, could, big tent means we can fit all into one yeah. tent. You're not, you know, three three different smaller tents. Yes, exactly. Sort Which of is
1: what we usually do, like, when we go with the boys, like, you know, Scott, Mark, and, and so on. Like, when we all get together and do this, uh, do the camping, it's like, usually everybody's in the same tent. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Uh, they may even Clerry even. Oh. Yeah. That'd be nice. Yeah. I'd like to go to Clarney. There's there's so many areas like I've I've we were looking online. I've been looking at places and they talk about Tomogamy, Clarney, uh, McRae, uh, McGregor, the, McRae? No, McGregor. There's a lot of areas like I've been to Silent Lake, uh, winter camping. And uh, they they have some You can, same sites are used summer and winter. They're, Mm -hmm. they're walk-in sites. So there's a lot of areas that I, I want to explore.
0: So. Well, there is, they did come up with a few here. Mm -hmm. There was an article that was talking about some places to go here. Uh, of course, Algonquin Provincial Park is Ontario's most popular park. Yes. Uh, great for fun, front country winter camping. Uh, Mew Lake Campground, on highway 60 corridor year round, 131 electrical and non-electrical sites. Nine heated yurts are available, as well as a comfort station, hot showers, flush toilets. Uh, it's advised to make reservations in advance. Yeah, you definitely have to make reservations. Well, yes. on the on the big time at the big times, the popular times like New Year's, Halloween, um, Family Day weekend. If you haven't made a reservation, was it five months in advance? Yeah, you're, then you're you're SOL. And
1: they've gotten rid of the non-reservable sites. Mm-hmm. So there's the, they usually keep a, like a 5% of their campsites as non-reservable, first-come, 1st first serve, but they've gotten rid of that.
0: Yeah. I've not seen any of that anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, they provide excellent access to a number of Great Algonquin Trails, including the Old Railway Trail for cross-country skiing, snowshoeing, fat biking, there's Bat Lake Trail, Two Rivers Trails for snowshoeing, outdoor skating rink is maintained at Mew Lake, that sort of deal. Uh but there's also backcountry winter camping options as well. Mm-hmm. You can go Algonquin Western Upland or the Highland Long Distance backpacking trails. Uh you can park Algonquin Art Center, Mule Lake Campground, menacing Wilderness Ski Trail, all different spots and you can go backcountry. The only thing with Algonquin is you cannot winter camp at oh, a, a summer, summer camp site. site
1: and that's just to keep control over the summer sites because they don't need you cutting trees or damaging the current site or like you know heaven forbid you just you dig a hole in the snow to to relieve yourself and then some summer camper has to deal with that and yeah. when summer comes around so it's it they want the the summer sites protected
0: from winter campers and that totally makes sense yeah totally now makes sense. we've camped Away from the summer sites, but at times have gone and used the facilities of yes. the summer sites. Yes. Like the th- oh, there's a thunderbite. Yeah. Well, I'm here. Yeah. I might as well. Because yeah. you want to check out what sites look like in mm-hmm. the winter, right? So we've we've done that sort of thing. But uh, yeah, so you you can't camp at a, yeah. at a summer site. You you actually got to find a place to set up. Yeah,
1: a, a clearing. Like yeah. I've I've camped off of Centennial Ridges Trail a couple times. That's a nice nice mm-hmm. area up on the cliff overlooking. What's that lake? Whatever lake that is. So it's rock like on one side, then the road. And there's lake, ridges, Whitefish. and white Whitefish. Yeah. Whitefish. So you, you're, up, you're up on a cliff, you can overlook Whitefish. And that's a nice, it's a nice hike. You got a bit of a climb, towing a sled and on snowshoes. But uh, once you get up top, it's really nice. I remember
0: if you were crossing lakes or rivers. Yes. Be extra Very careful, cautious. Very, very careful.
1: And one thing I, and it, and I've and i come across it many times, it's like, sometimes you don't know you're over water. Is like, I'm in a field, and then why is there water coming up between my snowshoes? Yep. It's like, uh-oh, back up, back up. Been there, done that. <laughs> because the snow just protects us. With, I mean, if you get early snow, deep snow, the, the ice never really forms, especially if you're on like a marsh or a creek where there's enough uh,
0: vegetation that's rotting away. It just keeps the water warm enough that it doesn't form ice. We were on Canoe Lake one year, and there was thick ice, then a layer of water, and then thin ice with snow on top. And as you're walking across that thin ice and snow, was cracking, gets breaking, gets into that yeah. little thin layer of water and yeah. just turns to slide. I remember when we went up to visit the boys that year, yeah.
1: and uh, we walked in, and there was there was the, the lower layer of ice was a good six, or eight inches thick. But then there was about four inches of water, like about an inch or a half inch of ice and then like eight six or eight inches of snow so when you stopped and tromped it down it's like you'd, somebody you fall through and it's like you panic at first but then you stop because there's a layer of ice underneath mm-hmm. but yeah that was really freaky
0: yeah uh Quetico. this one's kind of far for us but it's the other side of Ontario northwestern Ontario's flagship park is open for winter camping Quetico's Dawson Trail Campground, located southeast of the town of Atacocan, maintains five sites for use from January 1st to March 31st. That's kind of a late in the season, I would think. And just five sites. Mm -hmm. Three of the sites have have electrical service. Uh, Be prepared to provide your own water for cooking and drinking and use vault toilet as water taps and comfort stations are closed. Campground makes a great base for a winter adventure with immediate access to fifteen kilometers of cross-country ski trails. Oh, this is very nice! Right, uh, offers three rustic cabins at Dawson Trail, complete with bunks, and a kitchenette, and cozy wood stoves. Oh, that sounds awesome. Those are great for families or mm-hmm. people just they want to get out there but they don't They're have not, the gear yeah, or aren't not, quite prepared. Not ready to, to
1: sleep in a tent
0: in the middle yeah. of winter. Parking areas at Dawson Trail and NIM Lake are both accessed uh, for Highway 11 and provide winter access to Quetico's backcountry with self-serve backcountry permit stations and pay for and register your trip. Traveling the Quetico interior is not for the inexperienced. The weather can be extremely cold and snowy and ice conditions are often variable. You are responsible for your own safety in the backcountry Take your time and build contingencies into your route plan. Large traditional wooden snowshoes are best in Quetico's relatively flat landscape and toboggans work best for hauling gear. With countless frozen waterways and interconnecting portages to explore, interior camping options are only limited by your time, skill level, and imagination. <laughs> I want somebody to say sharing is caring. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: want to go to Quetico. I want to start doing a summer trip there, though. I'd like to it's, go up there for the summer. It's been yeah. a goal ever since we talked to. Uh, oh, I'm drawing a blank. Head injury. We interviewed her about from Quetico. the Quetico Foundation.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've driven by it many, many mm-hmm. times, but we've never actually stopped in. Yeah, we're, we're yeah. always on our way. Yeah, somewhere. Uh, Bruce Peninsula National Park. Winter imparts a unique feeling of a wilderness in Bruce Peninsula National Park with magnificent ice sculptures along the lake here on shore. That's something that, like I'd go up there and camp for a couple of nights just to go check all that out. hmm. Right. Front country winter camping is offered in the Tamarack section of the Cypress Lake campground with 78 non-electrical sites. Ten heated yurts are also available. You'll have to carry or toboggan your gear and supplies a short distance from the parking area to your campsite. It's not a big deal. Camping services are limited in the winter months, so bring your own water and be prepared to use a pit privy. Uh, Firewood available for purchase at the visitor center. It's an outstanding destination for winter hiking and snowshoeing, and your campsite gives you easy access to trails, including 5 kilometer loop around Cypress Lake and access to the Lake Huron coastline via the Horse Lake Trail. You can also plan the challenge hike into several remote backcountry campsites. It's a three- to four-hour hike from the parking lot to the campsites at Stormhaven, and an eight- to ten-hour trek to the sites at High Dump. High Dump? you got to haul all your gear in the toboggan for 10 hours to a place called High Dump.
1: <laughs> sound appealing. That sounds like a, a gamble. Yes, a gamble. Let's just roll the dice and
0: hope it's just a crappy yeah. name. <laughs> then you get there and go, ooh, I guess I lost this that This is gamble. a dump. A it's dump. an actual dump. A dump. <laughs> uh, that's up Tobomori Way. So, mm-hmm. Yes, that would be a nice area. Uh, and this one I mentioned earlier, Killarney Provincial Park. George lake campground be prepared to walk a short distance again like the other one to access Clarney's over 140 wow. front country sites that's a lot yeah park provides outhouses for winter campers sells firewood and rents snowshoes by the day or the weekend running water and indoor toilets are available at the park office so as long as you got a place you can fill up some water it's pretty cool mm-hmm.
1: it's either uh, melting snow or yeah. digging a hole in a lake yeah
0: uh, also important to note that the road to the campground is only plowed to the park office located just off Highway 637. To access your George Lake campsite in winter, you'll have to haul your gear short distance by backpack or toboggan. Although the campground roads aren't maintained for vehicles, they are groomed for cross-country skiing. Three loops add up to 35 kilometers of skiing possibilities. If you're into cross-country skiing, yeah, this is there's the place a to go. lot of this, opportunities yeah, yeah, yeah. in these parks. Yeah. Uh, it's also perfect for beginners and advanced Nordic skiers alike. Six heated yurts and two cabins are also available. George Lake provides good access to popular trails like the Crack, Cranberry Bog, and Chickenishing. Uh But Clarity's backcountry is even more spectacular. This remote wilderness parks 49,000 hectare backcountry, is vast, and camping possibilities are nearly endless. Many are drawn to the frozen waterways of Killarney's backcountry canoe routes, but you must be prepared for challenging portages and be aware of the risks of ice travel. Yep. Because it's not just flat. Yes,
1: it's a bit more challenging. It's a Hmm. very rocky mountainous area. I say mountainous, but it is Ontario. So it's... Big hills. So if you're from out west, not that mountainous, it's Ontario mountainous. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You west people. Silent Lake. This is the one you're t- you're talking yep. about. There, located off of uh, Highway 28, just south of Bancroft. Silent Lake recognized as it's for its excellent 34-kilometer network of groomed cross-country skiing, 70 kilometers of snowshoe trails. It's also a perfect place to get a taste of winter camping with a drive-in campground that oper- offers operates just because I can't speak now uh, year-round. Park maintains a comfort station for winter use, provides firewood sales, and offers snowshoe rentals. Besides providing you with the opportunity to learn this new skill, winter camping at Silent Lake gives you even more time to enjoy the park's winter trails. Nice. So if you want to get a quick taste of what winter camping is all about, yeah. that's the place to go. And if you're... And it's close to Toronto too.
1: And if you're new to it, like anybody who's listening and you're just, not, you're just used to the canoeing and summer camping and stuff... Places like Mu Lake and Silent Lake and any place where they have yurts and stuff like that available or the electrical sites so you can have the support of whatever if you have electrical heater, you're a little too nervous to start going with the uh with the uh wood stoves and stuff like that, then it's it's a good way to start. Like the 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 yurts at uh Mu Lake or some of them are really big, mm-hmm. so there's like Sleep Six or something, right? So, some of them are really big, and but it's a nice opportunity, and like electric heating. Electric heating, it's all heated, and they've you know it's it's a it's a really nice eye opener opportunity for winter camping to introduce yourself to the winter backcountry. Mm-hmm. But if you're more experienced, there's a lot of like I, I there's I knew that Silent Lake had winter sites, but I'm learning now that there's a lot more sites available that like a lot of these. A lot of these campgrounds are starting to expand their winter operations. Like just five years ago, like this list would have been half the size of well, it's what's become so popular now. It is, right? yeah. It's very much expanding.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, Frontenac Provincial Park, located off Highway 19 north of Kingston. Frontenac is unique among Ontario parks in that it offers free beginner courses in winter camping through the nonprofit Friends of Frontenac Provincial Park. It's huh. perfect for new people. Yeah. You can put your new skills to use by planning an overnight trip to one of Frontenac's 48 interior campsites available for backcountry winter camping, with access ranging from an easy 20-minute walk to longer treks of three hours or more. Come prepared to haul your gear by backpacker or toboggan. The park grooms an 8-kilometer network of cross-country ski trails and features over 100 kilometers of hiking trails ideal for snowshoeing.
1: Very nice. I've yeah. always wanted. I've I've been meaning to go to Frontenac for years, just in summer camping. But
0: yeah, it's, but it's a nice area up there. It's it is really nice, nice but there. it's very popular, so yeah. it's it's a bit more crowded. Uh, and the last one we got here is Tamagami. Now, about an hour north of, Dr- of North Bay on Highway 11, the quintessential Ontario canoe country of Tamagami becomes a paradise for experienced. Backcountry yes. winter campers when the snow falls. This isn't for somebody. Else. Let's go to Tamagami. I want to try out this winter camping thing. thing. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah.
1: it's it's very remote. It's off in the middle of nowhere, and it's the weather is harsh up there. Mm-hmm. You're you're not down in southern it's Ontario not flat. Yeah, it's not flat. You're not protected by the southern Ontario and by lake effect, where the the lakes keep it not so cold.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, most accessible portions of Tamagami backcountry are made up of crown land where. Canadian residents can camp for free. Uh, first challenge of planning winter trip on Crown land is finding a secure and plowed place to park. Mm-hmm. Good option. They they do have different options around Tamagami uh, that you can you can do that. And lots of frozen lakes. Easy portages often traveled by snowmobiles to Iceland and driftwood lakes. Excellent opportunity to set up camp and explore. If you're not quite ready to take on the challenge by yourself, book a guided winter camping trip and stay in a heated canvas tent with Tomogamy Outfitting. There you go. Yeah, so if you go to Tomogamy Outfitting, they'll set you up with what you need mm-hmm. and whatnot. So, so, so yeah, if you're looking for some yeah, so Ooh. most people they most people even all the a lot of new campers are just
1: looking at summer camping and summer camping has become very popular in the last five years or so it's it's really expanding and so there's there's expanded interest now just growing for winter camping so if there's a lot more opportunities for winter camping these days for people who you know i think it's like "Ah, i want to kind of stretch my vacation times into the winter i (laughs) for me it's uh one of the huge bonuses for winter camping is there's no bugs and uh, so I'm very, I'm a I big can't p- wait till the uh,
0: Siberian mosquito resurrects because I'm going to go grab a whole bunch of them and bring them to you for Christmas.
1: I, I, I hate bugs. I'm not a fan of spring camping because the bugs are so bad. Like spring camping, if it's early, like, like early, then I, I'm okay with it because uh, a lot of those bugs, they, they're the first hatch don't really bite that much. They just kind of bump into you. But, man, come to June and July, it's
0: just never. I do so much camping in June. Do you? Yeah. Father's Day weekend, for one.
1: I avoid, I don't I don't camp in
0: June. Like, on Father's Day, I'll go, like, three or four days easy. hmm And it's like, yeah. You know what? The <laughs> bugs don't bug me as much as I used to. Yeah. Well, they got their fill of my blood. They don't want it anymore. <laughs> Maybe, oh, that's, that's bad blood. Maybe
1: it's because you have bad blood. Maybe. I'm a sweet treat to bugs. They just love eating on me.
0: <laughs> yeah that's yeah, it's your one, derek's. that's your one free one for the day <laughs> derek's so sweet uh, yeah, so check those out like i say if you're if you want to try, there are places that'll rent you gear and give you some instructions mm-hmm. and stuff like that, like Frot and tomogamy outfitting uh if you are hiring a guide Ah uh, yes mm-hmm. there was a gentleman who led a 31-person hike to Buffalo National River, where one participant died in a fall. This gentleman uh, that led the hike is facing criminal penalties for acting as an unpermitted guide, a federal judge has ruled. And he brought 31 people with him. 31 people! So in a bench trial in Harrison, Arkansas, a judge ruled that Jeffrey M. Johnson... Had charged participants money to be part of a hiking group he organized despite not having necessary permits to engage in commercial activity on National Park Service managed land. Uh, it back in May, and this happened back in May, so this yep. has been, you know, in the works for a while. Johnson departed with a group on the Indian Creek Trail to the Eye of the Needle, uh, which is a rock formation, uh, while. Popular and well-documented, this 4.3-mile round-trip hike isn't an official trail. Features drop of about 50 feet Mm. and can be extremely rugged. In one spot, ascending a cliff with the aid of a fixed rope. Johnson told investigators that he usually limited the group size to about 15 people, but Facebook, where he had organized that day's hike, hadn't given him the option. Really? So saying... Uh, No more than 15 people. (laughs) Uh, Hiker Veronica Gilmore told the court that she and another hiker, Brad Lee Thomas, decided to turn back because the section of the trail ahead seemed too difficult. They waited at the group's launch spot for nearly three hours before attempting to make their way back on their own. At some point after that, Thomas fell 20 feet from the informal path, uh, landing in a shallow pool of water. The National Park Service said in a press release that emergency crews had attempted life-saving efforts, but they were ultimately unsuccessful and Thomas died. While Johnson's attorney argued that he hadn't taken payment for leading the hike, prosecutors produced evidence that he had asked for a $20 annual fee for membership on his informal hiking club, <laughs> Arkansas Nature Lovers Group. There you go. Sentencing for the two misdemeanor convictions is set for March. Now, this isn't the first one for him either. His first tussle. Yeah, his first tussle with the law. Uh, after Thomas's death, Newton County Sheriff Glenn Wheeler said that shortly before that, another member of Johnson's hiking group had been injured in an excursion. This man brings people to the Buffalo River and other parts of Newton County and takes them into some of the most rugged terrain in the Ozarks. It appears they don't always know what they are getting into, Wheeler told uh, I told them. Uh, just last Saturday, a person he was leading was injured and he left her in the woods. <laughs> we responded with a full rescue team who put themselves in jeopardy to help her just like they did with Mr. Thomas. So... <laughs> So, this is uh, this is an eye-opener.
1: Like, I, I didn't realize that some of these things were going on, but Facebook is, is cropping up with all these, oh, I'm going to start a hiking group. I'm gonna, like, you see it all the time. Like, there's Ontario um, Canoe Camping, Ontario Solo Camping, uh, Kayak, Ontario Kayaking. Everybody starts a group. Everybody mm-hmm. starts a group. But usually, it's like there's nobody that are guiding. No. It's, it's just a group to discuss like, you know, in, you know like likes, you know, it's... Uh, but if you're hiring yourself out as a guide, guide, right? like for this guy to be doing this, why wouldn't he go out and get, is it not worth the effort to get a guiding license? If it's not worth the effort, then don't do it. Because if he already has that questionable attitude towards safety, that he's not even going to be bothered to be getting properly trained, mm-hmm. then he shouldn't be hiring himself out to be a guide, whether it's like... Canoeing, paddling doesn't matter what. It's if you're out there taking money to do this, then you better you know what should you're doing. Be properly trained, and we're yeah. talking—you need to be first aid trained. You need to be rescue trained. You need to be to rescue others as well as rescue yourself. It's you're, you can't just say, "Hey, I think I'll
0: be a, I think I'll be a guide today." Yeah. What are you doing this weekend? <laughs> I'm going to become a guide. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this is sort of that that story sort of brought to mind. Uh, if you're hiring a guide or a company to take you on a paddling trip, and that's a big thing, and we talk about black feather and stuff yep, like that. Yeah, very experienced people. Um, it's important that you do some research before you oh, commit yes. to that yeah. that person or company. It could be your life. It, it could be. Uh, check out the company website and and their social media to see what they're offering. Check reviews and see what other trippers are saying people that have gone on trips Mm -hmm. with them in the past because some people if if you look at this company think, oh man that's an awesome looking trip and then everybody says oh my god don't ever use these people at least two people die a year yeah (laughs) yeah you could be one of them find out what gear is supplied and what you need to bring if you go with this company like do they provide you a list are meals included in the trip transportation accommodation before and after the trip is that them a lot i think a lot of them do it it's your own responsibility a lot
1: of these facebook groups that are coming together they're like hey let's do a meetup." up you're
0: on your own yeah you're on your own uh do they take into account your paddling experience and recommend trips that would be more suited towards you if the trip you are looking at is too advanced now, I'm talking actual guiding companies, mm-hmm. not not Facebook groups. But even yeah. still, like Alan Drummond, he's on the Sea Kayak yeah. Facebook group he's got. He will openly tell people if you don't have the experience, yeah. you are not welcome to they're, they're They're doing some trips there that if you don't have a sea kayak and you don't have a proper dry suit, mm-hmm. you, unfortunately... Will not be with yeah, us. You are not allowed to yeah. join our group. I mean, we joke about safety third, but yeah. no, you've, you've got to be on the ball with this.
1: Yeah. And what it comes down to, too, is uh, if if you're somebody who's inexperienced and you join a larger group than that, you're not just risking your life. You're risking that people who are going to have to try and save you.
0: Yeah. So that's the other thing. You know, like, do they take into account your paddling experience? You may look at someone going, go, that's an awesome trip. I've never done they something say, like this before. <laughs> you know what? If if you've only been on the water a couple of times, this is not the trip yeah. for you. Yeah. So you know, if if that company is just out to make money, they're going to sell you that trip. Oh yeah. If they're out there thinking of their customers, their reputation, and uh, they're going to sell you on something a bit more. Years yeah.
1: You got to. You know, we have a
0: starter package for
1: you, sir. Yeah.
0: Uh, Timelines and approximate distances for you're looking at for That's each day. Good to know. Because if they say, oh, yeah, we're going to paddle 10 hours a day and make it 75 kilometers every day. <laughs> that's a lot. Yeah, <laughs> that's not for me, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so what kind of motor are we running on the back of this thing? <laughs> uh, what type of water are you going to be paddling on? Flat lakes or rapid-filled rivers? Yeah. You know? Uh, safety precautions in place in case of emergencies. Are we going to have, like, spot units, Garmin units, uh, like the in-reach stuff? Um you know, are we, are you going to give us a little bit of training for, you know, rescuing somebody in case they get their canoe pinned? Yeah. Are you guys prepared for all of that? What's your first aid certifications and all, all, all that safety stuff? They got to have it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What is expected of you on the water and at camp on a multi-day trip?
1: Yeah. Are you expected to, are you, are you going to be a cook? Is it they the route for five days? Are you, you responsible for one day for cooking, one day for doing up the, you know, cleaning up a camp and, you know, is everybody expected to chip in? Like the, usually like I've done a couple, uh, courses where there are expectations. It's like, no, this is what you will be doing. You're, this is
0: your vacation, but you are helping. It's it's like a working vacation. You're there to experience. Yep. You know, so, but. You, yeah, and I mean, if they say no, you sit in the front, you do some paddling during the day, you take your pictures, you enjoy the scenery, then you sit around camp. I'd be so bored of that. (laughs) Yes, no, (laughs) make me do something. Um, and are their guides certified? Yes. Right. Yes. Oh yeah. Well, we hired Billy Bob here for the summer. <laughs> Has yeah. he ever done this before? No. Usually he drives a crane. Yeah. This is new to him. Yeah. He's never <laughs> he's never been on the water before. So you guys will fit perfectly. <laughs> he doesn't you know what you're doing. What's the
1: commercial? I I slept at a Holiday Express last night, so I'll be your water guide. Yeah. <laughs> no,
0: I've never done this before, but I did sleep at a Holiday Inn Express last night. <laughs> <laughs> so if you don't feel comfortable or happy with all the animals, Answers that guide or co- a company yes. give you. Keep searching. Yes, for a different company. The last thing you want to do is end up in the middle of nowhere, stranded mm-hmm. and no way out. Yep. So, like I say, this guy that does 31 people, like right off the bat. Yeah. And unfortunately, we we there's a whole string of of articles about different events like this that have happened mm-hmm. where there's groups going, um, you know there there's. Five or six people say, "Hey, we're all meeting up. Who wants to go hiking?" And yeah. then somebody's a bit slower, and they leave them behind, yeah. or they twist an ankle. Well, the rest are going to keep going, so mm-hmm. if you like can make your way back. Yep. Yeah. And then you know, while well, we waited for however many hours, oh, and we never returned. Them. Yeah, never returned. So what? Like, yeah, <laughs> she'll she'll make it back out on her own. Yeah. So if you were if you are going out with a guide or a company on a, on a canoe trip. Make sure you do your research. Just yeah. don't go, hey, that's an awesome looking trip. Like, I'm signing up <laughs> and going yeah. and not knowing what you're going into. Because yeah. A, they always charge a good penny. Oh, yeah. And B, you, like I say, you don't want to be stuck out in the middle of nowhere with people that have no clue what they're doing mm-hmm. and no way out. Yeah. Hey, we're in the middle of the Yukon. Um we just lost five canoes. Yeah. Uh, nobody thought to bring a sat phone. Or a... <laughs> so, hey, did anybody
1: get batteries for this sat phone?
0: It's ah, not charged. Batteries are for chumps. <laughs> Why do we need that far?
1: Hey, How can we don't have a spare paddle? Well, I didn't think we needed one.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and we're taking that paddle you broke out of <laughs> your deposit. Yes. Uh, yeah, and I think that's all I've got this week. That's all I've got. Wow. <laughs> So, yeah, we are man got st- stuff ready for winter camping, getting prepared for canoe tripping with a brand mm-hmm. new canoe dog. There you go. It's going to be good times. Yeah.
1: have to be careful. We talk, we've we been talking about your dog all weekend, and, uh, and Stella's even more interested in getting a dog now. Does she want to babysit?
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's going to go over well.
1: I think your dog very quickly is going to outweigh Stella.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Won't be long. Won't be long. It's, uh, now we just, like I say, as long as the cats are getting along with them, with yeah. her, with yeah. her, that's the other thing we got to, cause we, sp- we were used we to say, male dogs. We've not had a female animal mm-hmm. in 21 years. All of your years? cats were males? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, Helios and Apollo were male. Quasimodo yeah. and Nicodemus were males. Hunter was male. Mm-hmm. Our last dog, Chocolate, before mm-hmm. Hunter was a female. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's been that long, mm-hmm. and we had a cat spider, spider was male,, hmm. yeah, and we've had a lot of animals <laughs> I think I, yeah. as people do, yeah, as people do, um but At yeah, one so- time,
1: I think the most animals pets I had in the house was forty five or forty eight, but those were fish,, hmm. <laughs> they're very low care, you don't have to walk
0: them or. Yeah, but try to remember which one was Bill, which one was know, George, which one was Alfred, which one was Betty Lou. The only, the only one we knew was the Plocostomus because it was
1: just massive. It was the only one. He it was, it was the only one. He was huge. He was about a foot long.
0: We have the, the squirrels outside. Oh, that's Reggie. That one's Philip. That one's yeah. Seymour. How do you know these? Well, Reggie's bigger. Uh, he's, he's, he's the bigger black one, and, and Philip's the smaller black one. I'm just guessing every time I say yeah. a name. and just keep using the same names. They don't answer to them, so it doesn't no, matter. Yeah, no, what do they care? Uh, I'll be Reggie today. Yeah, uh, just throw me some peanuts. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, looking forward to getting her out out on the water and in the boat, and uh, should have some good times. Mm-hmm. Hey, maybe I'll have to go out with uh, Mikey and Willow. Yes, do some paddling. Oh, there you go. Right, perfect. And throw both the dogs into Mike's boat. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All righty.
1: Yeah, I'll get myself a chihuahua. So, you, Mike with Willow, (laughs) you with Athena, me
0: with some little chihuahua. (laughs) I'll just get uh, one of the food backpacks, put the chihuahua in the (laughs) side, and and Athena can uh, care. Because that's what I said about the cats. We'll just put Helios and Apollo little side packs in the side packs, and and Athena can uh, can do day trips. (laughs) You like, uh, what's the Colorado dog? Colorado Mountain dog. Colorado Mountain
1: dog. Yeah. Oh, Blue. He He passed away, but there's a new one now, isn't there?
0: Yeah. They're training a new pup. Oh, what can I. Yeah, he's been around for a few months now. Blue. Was Blue the dog or was Blue the cat? Blue is the cat. Blue is the cat. I can't remember the dog's name. Henry. Anyways. Henry. Henry, The Colorado dog. Henry, the Colorado dog. Hello. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, Henry passed away and they got a new one. And why can't I remember his name? But Baloo's taken to him the exact same way as yeah, he took nice. to Henry. So that's, yeah. But, yeah, we'll have Helios, Apollo, Athena, the traveling three, we call them the three amigos already, yeah. right? So, <laughs> all righty. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to it. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's all That's the all got. So nothing else for you, buddy? Nope, nothing. All right. Well, thanks for the puppers.
1: Yes, thanks, John Van Berger. <laughs> we uh, enjoyed the uh, the puppers and... Uh, I guess if they put out another
0: batch, we'll... We'll pick up more. (laughs) (laughs) And if we don't see you within six months, then Then they'll be gone as well.
1: Yes. (laughs) Their shelf life is short.
0: That's right. I'm surprised they lasted this long. I know. I'm impressed. Oh. Uh, If you want to find out more about us, you can find us at paddlingadventuresradio.com. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can download or stream all our episodes on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, iHeartRadio, Player FM, and all your favorite podcast downloading sites. Trust me, just Google PaddlingAdventuresRadio.com and they are everywhere. (laughs) Uh, Go to the episode page at PaddlingAdventuresRadio.com and you can stream or download all our episodes there. If you enjoy the podcast, please share it with your friends, family, and fellow paddlers. I want to thank everybody for listening this week. I'm Sean Roly, And I'm Derek Specht. We'll see you next time.